Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host Alex Metzger, along with me is my co-host Chase McCallum, and uh, today we will be looking at the latest week of NHL news uh, and stuff that has happened. Uh, there's a couple definitely uh, big stories that have uh, broken over the past uh, past week or so, um, and unfortunately, a couple of them aren't... Uh, Aren't good stories. Um, I, I guess the biggest one that we, we should just kick off the uh, podcast to kind of say, you know, obviously sending our thoughts to Adam Johnson's family who uh, died this past week in an English hockey league game uh, after taking a skate to the neck. And uh, he died, I believe, in the hospital later on, but obviously of a direct result of that. So just uh, absolutely brutal thing to come out of uh, a freak accident, which is all it was. Um, it does raise the question, I think, of should the NHL and honestly any league for that matter have mandatory neck guards? Uh, and to me, I won't lie, it's pretty crazy that more leagues don't have this as a mandatory rule. Yeah, it's it's hard to justify not having it as a mandatory rule. It's one of those things where, and this is going to sound really stupid because I just played a game 18 hours ago without a neck guard on, but like the downside is nothing. And the upside is it might save your life. Like it was, yeah. it was DGB who pointed out, like it is only a matter of time before this happens in the NHL. It's going to yeah. be awful, but it will happen eventually if you keep playing this sport for long enough. Yeah, and like that's not something that people are only saying now, you know? Like I've heard people say that multiple times of yeah. That you know, same idea comes with visors. Now I think the NHL I at least have as a reason to still say they want visors is you know, it's easier to identify players and market them when it's not fully caged in. I don't know if I completely believe that, you know, like the NFL doesn't have a problem marketing their star players when they wear a full mask or anything, but still, yeah, when it comes to neck guards, the other thing is too, like, again, you talk to, you know, you hear any, any, not you talk to, you, you hear any NHL player talk and it's a cage. Like, obviously they don't want to wear a cage, you know, they say it, it shucks their vision and stuff. A neck guard doesn't do any of that for someone who is playing an absolutely high speed game every 82 times a year. Right. And yeah, yeah you, you mentioned, you you know playing without a neck guard at a beer league and i'm the same way i haven't worn a neck guard in a while but the difference is we are not playing against guys trying to hit us at full contact and shooting yeah, pucks yeah, 90 no plus contact, yeah exactly shooting pucks 90 miles per hour and skating you know as hard as they do you know we're and most people who are playing beer league are out there for a pretty casual skate and honestly if our league was more competitive i would probably think about wearing a neck guard you know like it's and I guess the other thing about the neck guard is it doesn't have to be this big bulky thing. Like the fact that they don't have any that there just needs to be something. You know, you can get the Under Armour that has a neck guard literally built in. The fact that the yeah. NHL hasn't designed something like that is just absurd to me. Yeah, it's it's really it seems like an easy problem to solve. It really does. Now um, it is worth noting. I have a unique perspective on this in that I have taken an escape blade to the throat while wearing a neck guard. So stuff can happen, but I mean, it's all about just decreasing your odds of it happening. 
Well, and that's the thing. And the idea is that if you do take the skate, it protects your throat a little more, right? Where even if, you know, you still get injured, it's not a life-threatening thing. Like clearly, you know, when you got hit, it wasn't, Um, you know, even if it is still a very scary incident. And and again, sometimes there will be incidents that happen. They are unavoidable in a sport like hockey, but this feels like something that you absolutely could prevent by literally just having anything around your neck. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't seem like it's a, a difficult problem to solve to me. No, I, I agree. So we already saw a couple more people in the AHL wear it right after it happened. That's um, all I could think about last night playing, to be yeah. honest, without one. Yeah, like um, you know, I, I hope uh I don't just you know it's it's just a brutal situation and you never want to see that for anyone, of course, and ever. Um so again, thoughts go to his family and friends. Uh I, We'll see where it goes. I mean, the NHL did their classic statement of, yeah, yeah, we'll look into it. You know, there's no reason for us not to protect our players, except for the fact that they don't ever protect their players. But so I I unfortunately don't think anything's going to happen. But as you said, yeah, it, it kind of feels like only a matter of time before something like that happens in over in North America, whether that is five months, five years, you know, 10 years, it, it will happen, um, which is a pretty grim way of looking at it. But Here's the whole thing. It already happened to Marchuk, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He survived, and, thankfully, yep. thanks to some good uh, first aid. But yeah, it, I guess it, it already has happened now that I think about it. Yep. So, yeah, we'll see where things go. Um, but again, a bit, a bit of a downer note to start the podcast, but obviously very important to uh, talk about. And and uh, yeah. yeah, just a sad story. Um, no way around it. No, exactly. Uh, the other massive story that broke, and this is NHL-related la- uh, last week, is Shane Pinto is suspended 41 games by the NHL for breaking their uh, gambling policy rules. This was a bombshell that I don't think anyone really saw coming. Um, what were yeah. your thoughts when you saw this come down? My first thoughts were, he's an idiot. Now, I believe it's come out that it wasn't him, Correct. Yeah, so it sounds but like still. Yeah, it sounds like either a family or friend made like a proxy bet on his account. Which is maybe worse. Well, and so this is the thing where I mean, I just don't think there's any way around it that this was a stupid, stupid mistake from Shane Pinto, whether he placed the yeah. bet or not. Yeah, a hundred percent. That being like, said, oh, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. Like, obviously, don't bet on the sport if you're in the sport. But, like, if you're going to do it, at least do it. Like, it's weird that it was just like a... I I assume he must not have known or he wouldn't have let it happen. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you let this happen or how you ever get into a situation where it does. Yep, I absolutely agree. Um, He's taken it very well, in my opinion. Like, they're not fighting this at all. And I think they were probably along with the league for this saying like, yeah, we understand you kind of have to make an example here. Um, yep. Yeah, I've seen there's only... nothing you can't, you can get around that. You're screwed. Yeah, exactly. And, and like he's owned up to it and said, you know, he needs to be better than this. And, you know, like he apologized to the fans and everything like that. So, you know, that, that is very respectable. I would say in terms of best case of a bad scenario, like, you could if you're Shane Pinto, you could have made this a lot worse by fighting this and being like, we're we're fighting. I don't understand what I did wrong. Like, 
this is an absolutely unbelievable. It wasn't me. Yeah, but... yeah, exactly. Yeah, just denying it or whatever. Where it's like, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I made a mistake. I apologize to my uh, fans, teammates, you know, team, whatever. And is learning, you know, we're going to learn from this. And the other thing, I mentioned this on my other podcast uh, I did this weekend. This is not a situation and we do not need to treat it like a situation like we have had too many times in the past couple of years of sexual abuse scandals or, you know, rape allegations or something like that in the NHL, you know, racial allegations. This is not that we do not need to act like this dude did some illegal thing, you know, that like not only should he not be playing in the NHL ever again, he should probably be in jail. This he he made a very stupid mistake. We can all admit it was very stupid. But the reason thing. Yes, exactly. And that's fine. It deserves to be 41 games because we can get it from the league's aspect. But as long as he learns from that and comes back, there's absolutely nothing against his character or anything like that that we need to judge this guy on. Yeah, exactly. It was really stupid. There's really nothing else beyond that. It's just dumb as hell. But I mean, people do really dumb things all the time. Yep. And then I guess the other aspect that I want to, you know, pick your brain on and and we were kind of talking about this just before we started recording too, is I saw a bunch of people being like, this is way too much for what he did. Like, this is absolutely stupid from the NHL. And I just don't understand how you can come to that conclusion. I really do not. I would have given them the season. Yeah. And like, I'm because he didn't place the bet, I think is why he didn't get the season. Yeah. And I could understand that. Agreed. Like when I saw this and then obviously as we kind of got more and more detail, what I kind of came to the conclusion of when I heard, you figure out what happened was this seems fair all around. This seems fair to Shane Pinto that he's getting 41 games because obviously you need a long suspension, but it also yep. seems fair. He's not getting the whole year because he didn't, he's not, it wasn't quite as bad as it could have been. Right. If they would have gave him a year, I still don't think it would have been, it, it would not have been outrageous. No, it would have been fairly reasonable even still like you just, and this is the part we had kind of touched on off air. Like, Every now, every time somebody gets suspended for gambling, there's always a tweet with like 80,000 retweets. It's like, LOL, the league advertises gambling and now you're going to suspend the players. It's like, yeah, let's not pretend like that's not a very, those two things can be true at the same time and they should be true at the same time. I have no idea why two people can't hold those two thoughts in their heads at once. It is absolutely insane. And I do get like, it's the stupidest popular take in the world right now. It is just crazy and like again i get we're part of it we are literally actively sponsored by a betting company but what my the the thing i've been telling people who have said that is take sports out of this imagine an investment firm got caught investing or not not even invest someone who works for an investment firm got caught investing in something that he is insider trading on because of where he works or a ceo invests in a company because of insider trading it's bad. Fun it's fact, literally... I work at a finance company and I can't trade um, yeah. because of that. It's it's a very simple thing. I work at a finance company and I can't trade stocks completely unrelated to my finance company. It is what it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, and... it's so stupid that people can't comprehend these two things. 
Yep, exactly. I know. And I think sometimes just it's funny seeing stuff that happens like this. And you kind of realize just like, I think how just generally how like a human brain works is people see this, they see the giant number 41 and go, oh my God, that's absolutely insane. I don't know if anyone blinked an eye when the NFL suspended Calvin Ridley a full year for gambling on the NFL or when they, they suspended multiple Detroit Lions players, like six to eight games for just placing a bet on sports in general in the team facility. Yep. But they only got half a season, right? Yeah. And I think they got it reduced to six, but like still no one blinked an eye about that. And yeah, it's perfectly reasonable. Yes, absolutely. Especially because of how well laid out what you cannot do is according to anyone who's played sports. Like again, any radio show you go on with one of the former athletes, I get, you know, they sometimes have some interesting takes, but one of the things all of them seem to agree on is it is painfully, especially people who have played in the past like two or three years and retired. It is painfully obvious what you can and cannot do when it comes to gambling. Yeah, it's so simple. And again, and, like similarly, I think when you work at a finance company, like you know that you can't trade and you know that even though it's unreal, like those rules are fleshed out. It's not as mystery. And I assume it's more extreme for them because they're famous. Nobody cares what I do during the day. Yeah. And going back to the Pinto situation specifically is, oh, well, he wasn't the one who did it. Someone did it on his behalf. It's like, okay, but like if you told your parents about something that you had insider knowledge about because of your work, that would still be illegal. Yep. Further fun fact from guy who works at a finance company. If my parents trade, it has to get approved just because I live with them. Yeah. Because insider information is something you don't want manipulating markets. Fairly simple concept. And I think it's reasonable that my parents can't start making trades without it being approved because I could have insider information. And everyone in my company understands this and nobody complains. It's a pretty reasonable thing. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's just, yeah. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it was gonna, it was bound to happen. Let's be honest. Like, with how much the NHL is in the gambling and just, you know, the the landscape that we're in now, it was bound to happen to someone. We've seen it in the NFL multiple times. um, And the NHL did need to make an example like this. So, you do not have people thinking it's even remotely okay to do anything like it. Because, again, you you just you cannot have anything in question of our players trying to throw this game or something along yeah. those lines, you know? The second you question the and the worst is like not even for gambling. If people are questioning the integrity of the sport, you're fucked. It you're screwed from a gambling perspective, obviously. But you're screwed from every perspective. Yeah, that is so obviously a bad thing. <laughs> You think Under Armour or Nike is going to want to sponsor your your company if they know that your league is corrupt and throwing games? Yeah, no, not Good a chance. Luck with that. Want anything to do with you? Like fans will like Boycott, it would be yeah. hard to get invested in a game if you know players are rig- fixing games and shit. Like your sports shot. Yep, absolutely. So you know you have to erase any doubt that that is happening, and you know this is the way you do that. So I very rarely give the NHL props, but I think this was as about as well as you could handle it from all sides, given if you take the initial action as a sunk cost, obviously. Yeah, I agree with that. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if 
hopefully this is a learning opportunity for everyone in the league too, that, you know, uh, just a reminder, we cannot be doing this. And it is something that we have to keep top of mind every single time, uh, you know, we go to do something. Um, and again, like I just, we, we can get off this after in a second, but like, I just don't understand that people are on this moral trip about, oh, boo-hoo, like, the, the, oh, NHL players shouldn't be held to a, a higher standard than you and I. It's like, yes, they should. They yeah, make they millions of dollars. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. And again, like, if the integrity of the game gets called into question, they cost all of their peers and everyone else working in the sport millions of dollars. Like, if I play sports bets, nothing bad happens. If they play sports bets, tens of thousands of people could lose their livelihood. Like, yeah, that seems worthy of a higher standing to me. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, I don't get how people can feel bad about it. It's like, oh no, you know, player X on team Y can't place a $5 parlay to win 25 bucks on, on two games tonight. Boo, what is he going to do? Like, are you kidding me? What are we yeah. doing here? Yeah. And then same with even when people are like, Oh, well, they can't bet on other sports. It's like, well, I get in some cases that does sound stupid, but also um, NHL teams are often owned by the same people as other teams. And like front office members are changing roles all the time and stuff like there's a lot of inter interlinkage there and the easiest thing to do is say hey look we're paying mil- you millions of dollars a year please for the love of god all we ask in return is just don't bet yeah and like they can fact, bet on other sports but just yeah hockey players can that is true yep yeah, and and like nfl like most players can but a lot of places Not have the a, facilities can, yes you cannot do it on any team facility which again yeah which absolutely makes sense to me yeah, exactly. And when everybody's like, oh, like they're sponsored, but they can't bet. It's like, well, guess what the sponsors do? Pay their paychecks. Yep. Like, what's what's the trade-off here? What's why what's the negative here on their end? They get paid more money for the, the ad so that the advertising changes to gambling ads instead of um Toyota Corolla ads, like, but they can't place parlays. Who cares? Yeah, of course they I, shouldn't be allowed to do it. It's it's such a weird debate to me. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe how many people were like, this is way too harsh, or, and you know, things like that. I just, that blew my mind. But um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Pinto still hasn't signed the contract, but I think this probably makes it pretty easy. It sounds like Ottawa's rescinded basically everything they've given to him, and now he's going to either have to hold out a whole year or sign his qualifying offer, and... You want to talk about making a bad situation worse. If you then double down and say, no, I'm not taking my qualifying offer. I'm sitting out a whole year. I think that would be a giant red flag to not only Ottawa's yeah. organization, but a lot of organizations in the NHL. Yeah. In a in a small community like hockey, I think that's a pretty quick way to get character issue tagged to your name, which rightfully or wrongfully it's showing up is not something you want for your future income. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, anything else develops, but it, it sounds like it's pretty much open and close here. And uh, again, uh, we'll, we'll from an Ottawa fan perspective, uh, again, I just hope Shane Pinto can learn from this. Um, it weirdly helps their cap at the time, although now Shabbat's out for four to six weeks, and that would have been the money for a little while anyways. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if anything else happens. You know, hopefully not. Hopefully this was just a, a teachable moment for everyone. Say we, we can't do this. 
So, Agreed. Uh, we'd like to shout out our sponsors at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG1 replaces key health products in one simple scoop. AG1 combines nine health products working together as one, replacing your multivitamin, multimineral, pre- and probiotic immunity support, and more. That means AG1 does more for your body and saves you time, money, and confusion compared to taking multiple unique products. Simply follow the link in our show description to get started today. All we right. Sure went right into the betting app after that. That would have been a good bit. <laughs> I thought about it. I really did, but I was like, ah, I, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. it is, the betting one is coming, just for everyone. Everyone knows, but we will get to a couple other topics before we do that. Um, let's get to the Calgary Flames, Chase. I this talked. team stinks. They're stinky. <laughs> they are bad. <laughs> I love the Flames. And it, they cost me two years in a row, and I think it might be time to admit defeat. It, it's it's incredible. You know, you and I were obviously both just much higher, I think, than the market on them this year. Um, Probably our mistake. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But maybe we should listen to the market sometimes. Yeah, exactly. They uh, they kind of told us who they were last year, and we didn't listen. Um yeah, Huberto looks bad. I'm still surprised. I'm not gonna. I'm still surprised at how garbage he looks. Yeah, like he literally. You, you want to? I think you know how people say, "Oh, he got paid. He doesn't care." That is so overblown. So that literally yep. looks like the case here. Yeah, that is usually really stupid, and honestly, it probably isn't happening here either. But God, I don't blame people for thinking it. Nope, me either. Not one bit. Um, It's like I was watching a bit of that Heritage Classic the other night, which, uh, quick side note, that really well done. That's one of the better outdoor games I have seen from a visual and just, you know, stadium perspective in a while. Um, In terms of watching through the TV, the ice looked really good. The, the game was, you know, fun, but also the camera angles were really good. That My biggest problem with outdoor games a lot is like, it, because of how the baseball stadiums are usually set up, it just seems like you're not watching an NHL game. This one really did feel like that. And, you know, I, I thought it was just really well done. And it helps that the both the jerseys were phenomenal. Some of the better alternate jerseys I've seen made in a long time. Yeah, it was it was a good it was a good event. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was watching the, the Heritage Classic and um, in the first period, like Calgary has a minute 55 on three and can't do anything. And the only time I noticed Huberto in that first period is when he was turning the puck over. Yep. It, yeah, it, like he he doesn't look like electric from like a making plays perspective. He doesn't even look like subtly intelligent and on like intelligently leveraging what is some of the best passing talent in the league. We had thought like, yeah, it's bad. He doesn't look good defensively. He yes, just looks and, bad. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. is. Yep. And again, him being like that is a massive reason that uh, this team is really, really struggling, you know, like, because honestly, if you just look at their underlying numbers and we are getting to the point where like, you can start to at least take something from those underlying numbers. Obviously you can't be making like full season long projections from it or anything like that. But like we're getting to the 10, 10 games played mark where, you know, Corsi starts to become predictable. Um, yep. So they all start to mean stuff around now. Yep. Uh, and 
And the Flames are about 54% Corsi 4 and around 50% expected goals. So it's like, well, they're doing okay. Like they're they're not, you know, they're they're playing fine. But if Jonathan Huberdeau is not even just are you adjusting evolving hockey as I'm at 46 XG. I am not adjusted. I am not adjusting. I'm just using natural stat trick. Yeah, so them getting their backs blown out every game probably. Uh, it makes that, that would a yep. rosier outlook than it is. Yep, exactly. And regardless, if Jonathan Huberto, even if he was an 80%, you know, or like 80 point player, I should say, they still might be a little pressed to be the team they want to be. If he is a 30 point player, 40 point player, this team is absolutely screwed. It doesn't matter if they outplay their opponents. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is nuts. And we, like I had them first in the division. That was probably a little aggressive given what the market had thought, but like this is even worse than anyone had predicted too. Oh yeah. Like I think generally speaking, everyone's like, they'll bounce back to the point where like they're a, a playoff bubble team and, you know, they'll be a harder out in the West this year. And, and to be fair, like they only missed yeah. the playoffs. I want to say by a point last year, it's not like, you know, for how bad the season was, they, if I remember correctly, they they heated up at the end of the year and made it a run in the um, for the wild card. But yeah, I I really thought that they would be like pushing for a top three spot in this division over LA, um, and if not, they would very clearly be in the wild card. And it's just right now, it has not looked like that. No, not at all. And similar to what we had kind of said last week, but more extreme now, like. They're five points behind the Kings. Like, that's not the end of the world, but that's not nothing. Yeah, like, you could win five games in a row, and if LA just goes 500 over those five games, you know, you're back to within even. Yep. Let let alone if, you know, LA goes three, one, and one or whatever, then you've barely made up any ground. Yeah. So, and... yeah. It's it's not like they're Put the power in LA's hands. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you 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 know you don't control your own destiny now. You have to go out and win and get help. And, and again, it's it's so far away from that. But it's like it just gets to the point where you know you start to creep up. And if you lose two more in a row, then you go, oh, we just did it for the fourth time this year or whatever. And you know it, it gets into more trouble. And it's not like their goaltender sank them this year either. Like Ladar's been horrible in two games, but he's only played two games. Markstrom in seven games played as a negative 0.3 goal saved above average and a seven goal saved above expected. So like he's been good to at the very worst average. Yeah, he's been fine at worst. So I'm, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm still holding on a little hope that they find, they find, but like I'm, Losing it by the day, that's for sure. Every game that passed that they, you know, keep doing this, it's like, well, they very well might just be cooked. Yeah, exactly. It's like a Bayesian belief updating, right? Like every every additional day in which it happens, you just have to be marginally more convinced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and then, like, again, like, I just don't know what they do. Like, so I was listening to um, Overdrive the other day, and it was... Who on earth was on it? Chris Johnson, maybe? I think it was Chris Johnson. And he was saying, like, yeah, like, I don't really know because, you know, you're so the, the, and the report came out today that they're pausing all contract talks because apparently they were talking to Hannafin because of how the start has gone. It's like, 
And then he's like, yeah, like they, they don't know if they want to commit one more guy long-term. It's like, okay, like I, I get on some level, you do need to accept the contracts you've signed as a sunk cost. But it's like, if an eight game sample like this is all that's made you to completely pause contract talks. Does that not scream something about your team? Well, heading into the year. Yeah, you had a problem to begin with. Absolutely. <laughs> and again, like it's one thing if we were like, oh yeah, we think they're. I thought they could have won the division. Too hot of a take, apparently. But like, oh, we think they're like a good wild card team, and okay, we're adjusting those priors down. Like, they're making like really long term decisions, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's absurd. Yeah, and because the other comment he had was. Sometimes, you know, you don't have an option. You just kind of kind of ride it out like Winnipeg's doing. It's like, but Winnipeg's doing the wrong thing. And also, yeah. they did have the option to, to rebuild. They just chose not to and dedicated eight years before seeing anyone play a game. Yep. Yeah, like, like, what about Winnipeg has been a success story? Literally, like, everyone's talking about how they need to, they, they think they need to make playoffs just to avoid going, like, bankrupt. Bait. Not off, Not obviously legit, but, like, like they, the whole talk about Winnipeg is how they can't draw any fans this year. Yeah, because there's nothing to. Like they're not an awful team, but what they don't they're not an inspiring team, that's for sure. Yeah, and I've just often wondered what NHL financials like because, like, obviously we know that even if you lose in four or five games and you only get your two home gate revenues, that is massive to the owners because, especially because they don't have to pay players anything during playoff time. So if you're getting millions of dollars for a gate revenue and also not having to pay any of your staff, obviously that's going to be financial. But I just, when people say that, and I do think it is fair, but I also then go, okay, but if the option is be bad for three to four years and then have a six-year period where you were going, you were playing minimum four home games a year because you're making the second round every year, or, you know, like you're playing three in the first round, two in the second or something, is that not more profitable over a 10-year span than just looking at one year at a time where you're going to miss every other year? Or two I, out of every three years? I would have to think so. Me too. But for whatever reason, NHL teams just don't think that way. No, and not at all. If I'm not mistaken, the Jets owner is like the richest in Canada, are they not? I believe he is the richest man in Canada, yes. And they are just a tax write-off. It's like when Melnick did this, again, not saying it was right, but you could at least understand why Melnick was doing it because that dude was always cash poor. Whereas if you're a team like Edmonton, or not Edmonton, uh, Winnipeg, and singles with Calgary, where like they're negotiating that new massive arena deal, it's like, if you know that this is your plan in six years from now, why would you not start rebuilding now so that you're not absolutely garbage when your new arena opens? Yeah, you, you would think. If there's a time to do it, that would be a pretty cool time to sell hope. Yep. But, I don't know. And, and maybe they do go down that path and, you know... They take some of those contracts as a sunk cost. I do still think you could sell someone like Mackenzie Weger, despite the term on his contract left. Um, I Huberto, guess. I think, is a sunk cost at this point. But that even like yeah. Markstrom and Kadri, if you retained, like Markstrom only got two more years left. And I think if they retain, they could get him down to like 3.5 or something like that. Um, 
It's not too maybe, bad. Maybe that would be enticing to teams. And same with Kadri. Like, I think Kadri's got, oh, I guess it's probably five, five more after this. So th- that's a bit of a big one. But, like, if you go on a five-year plan and you go five years from now is when we want to start taking that step up and being good, you could maybe sell him. But, again, it's just so disappointing because the opportunity to do literally a video game-style rebuild was right there. You know, trade Kachuk, even if you take back Uyghur and Huberto, flip those guys while their value is also extremely high for like four first round picks and two high end prospects. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're looking fantastic. You can still sell Tanov this year. I imagine Tanov still fetches you a bunch. Hannafin, uh, Lindholm. Hannafin fetches you a bunch. Lindholm. Yep. You can sell two guys. You can sell a top pairing right handed defenseman a first-line center, and then a top-four defenseman all of the deadline. Like, you can turn that into three-first pretty easily. We had some connection issues there, but we are back. Uh, we will obviously edit that out in post. Uh, so I think we are probably good on the Calgary side of things. But before we move on, sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Uh, having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits, and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, which is signupexpert.com slash MNM, you'll be connected with to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and the unique benefits that that platform offers. Uh, all of these sportsbooks have valuable signup offers, uh, which new users can take advantage of when you register using our link. Uh, and you'll automatically receive that top offer. Uh, when you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. Uh, if you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our podcast as well, uh, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook with the link signupexpert.com slash M&M. Uh, all right, Chase, let's move on to a couple other uh, topics. And using that sports uh sports betting one i I guess let's start with uh the toronto maple leafs because we are putting out on our twitter account which you can follow at m&m hockey pod uh daily parlay picks uh for the different sports books that uh we work with as well and again a link to where you can sign up to get in on the action and and get the best deal uh today's that we put out featured the toronto maple leafs and while i didn't have this player in it joseph wall has uh not so quietly stolen the net from Ilya samsonov at least for this time yeah, well, it looks legit, to be honest. I'm kind of excited. He is uh, leading the league in goals saved above average uh, so far. Um, obviously, again, bit of a bit of a small sample size, but he is up there with names like uh, Jeremy Swayman, Jake Ottinger. Um, Thatcher Demko is kind of in that top 10 range as well. It's very, Linus Allmark is up there as well. Um it's been very impressive. Very, very impressive. Yeah, he, he looks amazing. I've been this excited about a leash goalie since Freddie. Yeah, and He's young too. Well, and that's the thing is when is the last time the Leafs have had a homegrown goalie this young and exciting to be, you know, happy about? Have they had a homegrown goalie in our lifetime? Depends if you count James Reimer. Fair. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a while, at the very least. Yeah, like James Reimer is literally probably the only one that I can think of where, since I remember watching hockey, you know, that's a drafted and developed goalie that the Leafs can feel good yeah. about. And 
again, nothing against James Reimer, but he's like, he peaked as like an average starter. Maybe yeah. slightly above that, but not, not a much. Right. You know, and like, he's, he's still playing this, like to this day, he's had a very, very successful career, but it's been as a mid tier starter to like a fringe starter to a backup, which yeah. is great. But the fact that that is the shining example of the past, like 20 years is pretty absurd. Yeah, you're the richest team in the sport over two decades. The fact that that's how you got is brutal. Even even Wool, like it's fantastic. Wool's a a loop pick. Yeah, like it's that's a, been a while too. But I don't know. It's awesome to see him doing great. Um, if the Leafs have a legitimate starting goalie, they're a scary team. I would still urge a bit of caution with them, but I think some cautious optimism is definitely definitely in play. Yeah, and, and honestly, the, the thing is, too, is even with, you know, regression that is bound to happen, this team is good enough. They don't need him to be the best goalie in the league. No, if he is close, to be honest. If he is 15th in goal saved above expected by the end of the year, they are probably pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, they need him to do what Samson did last year, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Exactly, and... For Wool, it probably can't come at a better time because, unfortunately, for Samsonov, he has really struggled this year. Um, yeah, yes. And, and again, it's very early. Like with goalies, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously we talk about like the underlying metrics from a team's perspective, but when it comes to goalies and underlying metrics, I really don't feel comfortable. Hell, you can go a whole year and not feel that comfortable, but you know, until you hit 25, 30 games played, when you can even really in my opinion, start to kind of make a, an opinion, right? Unless it's a, a very yeah. extreme of like, oh my God, this guy's unplayably bad. Yeah, somebody goes on a, a 960 playoff run or whatever, you can pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, that's that's legit. But it is, it's so difficult for goalies. And the thing is, even across a couple of years, like Wolves played what, 20 NHL games? Yeah, if that, yeah, probably that, I guess. Um. So yeah. But he's cheap too, so the that's the other nice thing. Like, if you get an average starting goalie for seven hundred k for two years, so that is huge. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, like this team is uh, all their steam. I mean, not all. Obviously, you would take if Wool is a top ten goalie, but okay. even if he's not, this team is good enough that that is totally okay. Um, and, and I think it is just a good sign because. Even a week ago, when we were starting to see Samson struggle early, and like coming into the season, I was like, I I don't mind this team, but like I'm worried about their goaltending, especially because you know you and I were people who predicted, much like I think anyone who's into statistics, that their defensive metrics were probably going to come down this year because of the look of the team. Yeah, yeah, and Klingberg's been as advertised, in my opinion, which was <laughs> yeah. the big fulcrum there. The play he had on the Nashville game when was it Yossi, I think, who scored? Where I think so. he just got out of the way of Yossi skating down the middle and just let him riff a shot. It was like, oh my word, this is insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. You know, the card the golden rule of RAPM charts 129 minutes into the season is that they only count if they confirm your priors and John Klingberg is two standard deviations to the below the mean defensively in XGA. And uh, that checks out for me. Uh, that's not going anywhere when we get more data, I don't think. 
yeah, I uh, I completely agree. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Wool can keep going. Um, you know, I, I don't think and it would be stupid for them to do it. Like, he's not going to turn into a 55-60 game starter this year just because going from a guy who has averaged, what, 30, 35 starts probably in the past years of, like, all hockey, you know, maybe 40, it would just be a bad long-term decision-making to be like, okay, you're going to jump from 30 games played last year over all leagues to 58 this year. Um, he has not played in one league more than 37 games in a season going back to 2011-10 when he was presumably about 14 years old. Yes. So it, like, it's still going to be a rotation, right? And, you know, Samsonov will get, and I'm sure there will be games where even if Wall is the better goalie over the year, there's going to be a week or two where he falters like every goalie does. And that's when Samsonov can, can try and take back the net and play two or three in a row. But um, yeah, like we were talking about at the beginning of the year, how this is probably going to be a, a, a 48, 30, what the hell does that leave? 32, I guess. Right. Or 34, 38 or 48, 34. Right. Um, kind of split. Yeah. 34. It, yeah. With Samsonov obviously starting the 48, it might be the other way around, or it might even be 45, uh, 36 or 37, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, closer to 50 50, I think, is going to be. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that, um, we're seeing this upside as well from Wall, I think, I think should be very intriguing for Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And similar to the, to the, it's the inverse, I guess, of the Calgary thing, like. Holes look nothing but good this entire time in the NHL. It's only 20 games. Still have to be super cautious, but like, hey, they look each and every day that goes by where he looks really good. It's just more and more promising. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know who has not looked good in the NHL so far? Who's this? The, en- the entirety of the San Jose Sharks team, Jace. Yeah, apparently they're on pace for like a possibly historically bad start. Well, they have one point, not a win, one point in nine games so far. So that does not shock me. They are on an L9 to start the season, eight of those in regulation. Yeah, they're breaking all of the, like, XG charts, too. They only have one goal a game. Yeah, like, they are minus 26 goal differential in nine games. Yeah, for context, the Blackhawks, minus 13. Double. The Blackhawks clearly tanking. And the Flames, minus 15, are the only other two teams. They're the next two worst teams in the league. They're almost double them. That's awesome. Yeah, like, we just talked about how big of a disaster the Flames team was. And obviously, the expectations for these two teams are way different. But they have less goals against and over double the goals for of San Jose. That's so funny. They're, they're tanking right, I guess. They're yeah, I mean, big that's, Celebrini fans, I suppose. <laughs> that's the thing is, like, I mean, I think you can argue is at a point where like your team is so bad you don't want to be this. But I mean, they need high picks. They have not had that in a while, and uh, they are dead last in and this. Yeah, and like that's the other thing I want to get to. It's not like this is just purely goaltending sinking them. Their goaltending hasn't been good, but they're dead last in Corsi four and expected goals four as well. Like this team just sucks. Yeah, they're breaking all the J Fresh charts that I see. Yeah, it's it's a two percent worse in XG than the Blackhawks. Okay, yeah, and so maybe four percent worse than shots. Like, yeah. that's pretty brutal. 
yeah, on natural stat trick, they have a 39 expected goals for percentage. The Blackhawks are 42. Yeah, they're also 39 on evolving hockey. So even if you score adjust, they're goals four per hour at 5v5 doesn't even reach one. No, yeah, well, which makes sense because if they, they only average one, yeah, they only have, game. Yeah, yeah. Would, and that's just 5v5. So there'd be power play goals in there, I assume. I hope. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Maybe not, <laughs> to be fair, but I am actually curious about that now. I can check really quick. Do we think that they There's have... got to be one. I'm going to do some math in my head, I guess, two. Okay, two power play goals is what you're thinking, eh? Yeah. Uh, this is all strengths. I don't want that. Oh, that's why my coursing numbers were off. It was all strengths earlier. That makes more sense. Um they have six goals for at five on five. So that means three on the power play. Three on the power play. Or shorthanded, yeah. I guess. True. <laughs> I'll go to even strength. Let's see what that does. Uh, if it changes it at all, it does not. So oh, yeah, they do have three on the power play. Okay. That and that makes sense. But like, yeah, like this team is just atrocious. Their goals four per 60 is 0.8 at five on five. The league leaders in LA. Is at four point three nine. I love LA, this. LA is averaging like, oh my gosh! I actually I knew they were bad. I, I didn't realize quite how much LA is averaging five and a half times more goals per game at five on five. Hockey's <laughs> so much better when one team is just an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> yes, and like. I, you know, obviously I don't really know any San Jose fans, so I, I don't, I can't really gauge what the fan reaction to this is because I think on one hand, you're probably like, we need to rebuild. So this is good. But on the other hand, it's like, oh my God, this is so bad. You're almost worried about like, can you even be putting prospects in this kind of environment? Yeah. What happens when Will Smith enters this team? Now I will say for them, they don't really have an alternative. No, they don't. Like they've been, like they didn't. Sell, to this. Yeah, they didn't sell too hard, in my opinion, to get here. They just did the correct general thing, and this is how it has ended up. Yeah, I mean, they gave away Brent Burns for nothing, who then looks pretty good on Carolina, and then just gave away the reigning Norris champion for, like, a late first that's top 10 protected. But yeah, I, I do get you in. It's not like they stripped this to the absolute bones. Like, they still have no. Thomas Hurdle. You know, Kevin right. LeBlanc is an like awful player. They picked up Duclair this offseason. He's an NHL player. Hoffman, even Luke Cunnins, an NHL player. None of these guys are good, obviously, given how horrible the team is. But, like, they're mostly NHL players, at least. Yeah, and I I think the other thing that, you know, maybe we forget about a, a couple times as well of, like, oh, what is this team going to do if you even put a, um, a rookie in here? It's like, well... They're going to have some cap space that they can probably go get some veterans next year. Yeah. You know, like, and somebody's going to have an RFA who they can get for a second round pick that they shouldn't be able to get at the deadline. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or like well, in the offseason, I mean, not even if you want to go get the Taylor Hall and Corey Perry's like uh, Chicago yep. did this year, like that, that's fine for a year or whatever, right? Uh, there will always be those players. Yep. You keep take your cap dumps and just get more competence. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, 
And Logan Couture is also injured right now. Do you know how serious it's not LTIR? So I would assume he's probably coming back at some point, but from October 11th, so this was 20 days ago, Sharks captain suffered setback, no return in sight. So maybe he's just going to be out for a while, but. Could be. I honestly have no idea. Yeah, me either. Um, but yeah, I just want to touch on just how big of a disaster that has been for this team. Um, That's fun. I love awful teams. Just it, a it, treat when they exist. Yeah, it absolutely does make it just so much better. And then on the flip side of things, the Bruins and Knights have still not lost a game in regulation. They've both lost one in uh, overtime or a shootout, um, but they are both, I think, 8-0-1 and 9-0-1. It is kind of crazy that Boston is just doing it again somehow. I hate this team. What is the goaltending, like a 960? Their safe percentage has gone up. Yeah, I don't have year. it off the top of my head, but Swayman and Allmark are both top five in goal save above expected. So, yeah, nine thirty nine for uh for Allmark, which is one point higher than last time, and nine fifty seven for Swayman. Because why? <laughs> why wouldn't a nine thirty nine be your lower save for? I would say being a nine thirty nine and being almost twenty points lower is yep. insane. Yeah. So. Yeah, those the Vesna winner good. improved his save percentage and is still twenty points off the team lead. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're not like destroying teams quite as much as last year. Like I feel maybe I'm wrong, but I think they had like a plus thirty goal differential at this point last year. They're they're plus fifteen. It's not like they're like even or anything. I mean, it would be impossible to be even. Basically, um, it would be impossible to be even. They lost yeah. in overtime, but yeah. So I guess they are averaging a win of less than like under two goals difference per game. So it's not like they're absolutely destroying teams. This is clearly more fluky than last year, which was already seemed kind of fluky, but I mean, credit where credit's due. As we talked about last week, being 8-0-1 to start a year literally probably means they have to play about 500 the rest of the way in just to comfortably make playoffs. Yeah, they seem like a playoff team. Yep. Because why wouldn't they be? They're the Boston Bruins. Exactly. Um, I hate them. Yeah. They have better XG than the Leafs, even for as fluky as this looks. Well, that's better thing. XG like, than the Panthers. As as much as we say it's fluky, it's not like they're yeah absolutely getting caved in. It's just obviously no one's eight or one true talent good. They have the best XG in the Atlantic, unless I am missing something. Coyotes are above them, which is odd. But yeah, best <laughs> XG in the Atlantic for as fluky as it is, <laughs> they're just good. Yeah, they're obviously just, not this good, but absolutely insane. Um, I think we're probably good to yeah, <laughs> probably good to wrap it up there. Um, you have anything else you want to touch on? I don't think so. I, uh, I can't they just lose like nine straight? <laughs> just be bad for a year. Yeah, like the closest they got to being bad was like they missed the playoffs. No, I don't even know if they missed the playoffs. They lost to Ottawa in twenty seventeen. No, they, I think they missed the year before or after. And then we're like, they no, missed we're gonna 2015 get... when they picked three for guys in the first round. Yes, right. Butcher that. And then we're like, no, we're going to be great anyways. They could be like the New England Patriots of hockey if they just didn't butcher one draft. Yeah. And even with that, like, like let's the just obviously say... butcher at the time. <laughs> and well, yeah, that's the thing. Everyone knew it was a butchering when it happened. And even just like the fact that even with that, if they just had a couple good. cup swings where 2013 or 2018, if not both, go their way, we probably are looking at them like we look at Pittsburgh and obviously like the Patriots in the NFL, where 
Yep. They had a bit of a down year, maybe in 2014, 2015, and then immediately came back to cup contender status. Yeah, like the the St. Louis year. Like if you just give them Barzell, they win that cup. Yep, you would think. Probably, you give them yeah. Chabot, they win that cup. Yep. Kyle yep. Connor, like Kyle Connor. I was just gonna say, yeah, even like Erickson Eck. <laughs> yeah. And and again, like obviously the what if game, but that was one of the ones that is like that Connor, that string of picks in Barzell were all wanted at the time by literally that string of picks and, and the Debrinket one where everyone knew him dropping was going to be a mistake are the two most obvious like everyone saw this coming moments I I can remember. Yeah. Debrinket's like a top thirty prospect in the past twenty years in our model. Yeah. Like you can, it's awesome. You can always do the what ifs of like Nikita Kucherov and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, even if he, you know, maybe looked good on the model too. It's like when you yeah. have a guy that you literally don't know is going to come over from Russia, it, it, it complicates things. It really does. Exactly. But, like Kucherov looks good. Kucherov would have been a first round pick, but he would have been like 18th overall. Like it's not like the model was saying this is a future Hall of Fame just sitting here. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, when you have literally every, everyone who even knows a little bit about hockey, like, I remember, I didn't, you know, I will fully admit, I did not know near as much as I did back then. And I definitely didn't follow draft prospects. And I knew a couple of the guys there. And it's like, yep. wow, they didn't take any of them? Yeah, like, I I vividly remember there's the famous, what was it? It was Barzell, Connor, and Shillington here? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, like that hall. That's, that's a cup or two at their current skill level. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> ah, just absolutely crazy. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's wrap it up here, Chase. As always, you can find the uh, us on Twitter at Angel Sense Stuff at CM Hockey sixty six. Be sure to check out our hockey podcast account as well um, at Eminem Hockey Pod. Uh, we will be posting daily picks there, uh, and also just kind of trying to interact a little more as well. So be sure to check that out. Uh, check all of uh, Chase's stuff out at EliteProspects.com. Uh, and all my stuff at lastwordonhockey.com. Thank you everyone so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.